And that is when the quality of light changes. Motes drift through a sunbeam until a soundless gust of wind blows the tree cover shut, shuts the daylight out, so that you are locked inside the outside world, just the two, both of you. It is still till your breath goes out in a shudder, as if to fill the void of sound, hard a hammer, hammer, hammering. There is an inhale ahead that makes the foliage bend over backwards, an exhale that parts those vegetal fucking seas. Snow, almost crystalline with glistening meltwater, slips from a shaken bough and falls to the forest floor with a sigh. Run. Run before you fall behind. This is not dress rehearsal. No, never that. The spring is coming, and its greatest pleasure would be to melt away your snow, silt, and strata, press you soft into the bare earth, and lay with you. A changing forest streets are merely suggestions. There are no signposts for how to end up where you wish to while you tear through the underbrush, adrenaline cushioning the scrapes and grazes on the soles of your feet. Agile as you are, your human body cannot truly outpace the oncoming season. Thoughts flash through your mind quicker than your legs can carry you over the uneven terrain. And though you volley yourself through clusters of trees, there is no running for cover. It is already right at your back snapping at your heels, and with a firm nudge sends you flying forward, limbs flailing, until you will them into wings. You are a mighty northern gannet, and out of reach. Out of reach of this unusually large fox, whose jaws drip with clear sap, seedlings rolling off its dappled tongue to bore gentle holes down through the snow to the topsoil. Its would-be claws are soft, covered over in moss, and it could have pinned your past human body to the ground without ever breaking skin. You can still feel the imprint of its wet nose against your memory of a back while you watch its breath turn to steam in the still winter air. There is no fear here, only anticipation, a desire to draw level and be present. The future wants union, reunion, but the future chasing the past is a paradox, and so for you, the way toward is a way. Fly. Fly as far and as fast as you are able, and you will brush your wingtips against the future at your back. At length you reach a point at which you could fly higher, further out of reach, but choose to dive into the vegetation instead, miles from the only ocean, and yet at the heart of it. You transform before you hit the bushes, your momentum carrying you through them and into the clearing beyond. Before you is a frozen pond with the bearing of a sea, the forest's bathtub drain, covered over in ice, a thin layer of powder snow. It must have been enlarged by a beaver dam, but if it had been, you can't see the naturally engineered blockade from here. You test the quality of the ice by patting onto its surface with your wide, tufted lynx paws, and it bears your weight without protest. You are halfway across when you hear a telltale sound. A crack. And you know you are not alone. Turn. Turn to face your future self. Spring has come calling, stirring the land and the air with its fervor. 
A human figure observes you intent and empty-handed, their body unscorched yet engulfed in flames. They advance and with each step leave footprint-shaped puddles at their back the ice fracturing around them in radial patterns lines bursting outward to every edge of the pond a particularly deep fissure opens between your paws the surface of the ice shifting and groaning at the way it has been caught off balance by the figure in flame fire in winter has a curious sort of calm much more reticent than it is in the throes of fall in the height of summer as it brushes up against the frozen world a tendril of flame sweeps over the ice between you, a lick of it catching onto the fur covering your forepaws, and the heat, the shock of that alone, is enough to eat through the rest of the pond's ice. You fall into its underbelly before the fire can completely engulf you. The cool waters of the pond quench the flames on contact, and you watch as your future self's human body washes off like paint put through a rinse cycle, leaving behind the guise of a salamander that you almost immediately lose sight of. Breaking through the surface of the pond, you use your enormous paws to paddle your way to shore, and then, none the worse for wear, slink over to the tree line and slip inside. A sound. Your entire body hums at a bone-deep caw that rends the air, a tone that galvanizes you to leap out of the waterlogged fur you were in and shed it for something lighter. The land is mostly mud here, and springy moss riddled with new growth. There are puddles below the gaps in tree cover, along with a smattering of small mounds of hard-packed snow left in the shadiest spots, tucked into the grooves between ancient tree roots that undulate up out of the earth. Were the season not rapidly shifting underfoot, it might have been wise to secret yourself into a foxhole, tuck your tufted tail over your nose, and wait. But the time for hibernation has passed, the chill in the air having dissipated, and with it the last of your winter guises. The spring has caught you, and folded you in its warmth like a lover pressing their lips to the nape of your neck, and now you are the spring too. So I originally wrote and submitted this piece to an online writing competition, but while I was writing it, I was really imagining reading it aloud. Um, and I also couldn't help but imagine um, Witch and Fox as the, the two characters, these personifications of the seasons as I was writing it. Um, and this is sort of a, a piece in which their actions and the environment is not filtered through Darling's perspective. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. There is no dialogue whatsoever. Um, and you're sort of inhabiting either, um, which or Fox's perspective, I will leave that up to you to, to kind of decide who is who here. Um, I wanted the, I wanted kind of the, the words and perspectives to be almost circular in a way and, and chase each other around just as much as the characters were chasing 
one another around. As I was writing this in the summer of 2021, we were drawing ever nearer to um, Alice Nine's 17th anniversary concert, which they were centering around their fourth studio album, Gemini, which is a favorite of mine. I love that album. It's, um, it's a concept album, and as the name suggests, it, it kind of deals with the, um, with light and darkness, with the self and the other, and, um, with both self-esteem and romantic love and, well, there's, <laughs> there's just plenty to unpack in this album. I've, it's been out for many, many years, and it's been out since um, 2011, and I continue to go back to it and kind of find new angles of it to appreciate. So I was incredibly excited um, when they were when they announced that they were broadcasting this uh, this anniversary concert live. So leading up to it, I wrote this uh, this piece this very uh, circular, kind of strange concept piece, a little bit of an homage, you could say. So yeah, if you're somewhat familiar with the album, um, you'll probably notice a few things that, uh, that are a callback to it. And if you're wondering, the concert was absolutely incredible. And they did the album proud. And uh, as a fan, I was just so blown away and delighted by it just to, to see that album that I love updated in that way. Um, really wonderful experience. So if you're listening to this in the morning, then good morning. I hope you have something delicious to eat. And uh, you drink some water. And if you're listening to this at night, then good night. Get some rest. And I hope you have weird and fantastic dreams. See you next time. Bye.